Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my passion to teach you, to equip you on how to become a more productive version of yourself in this distracted world. And one of the ways you can do that is by signing up for my free seven-day productivity challenge. Give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will teach you strategies that will help you be more productive. All you have to do to sign up is go to my website, mrproductivity.com. That's Mr. All spelled out, mrproductivity.com to sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. Today on the show, Brandy Henry. We are going to talk about doubt, and we're going to talk about how you can not only be your best self, but how you can bring out the best in others. Great episode. Let's get right to it. Brandy, what is up? Hey, Mark. It is a gorgeous day in the Pacific Northwest today. Yeah, we were just talking about this before we hit record. Uh, we're recording this yesterday because, listener, you're listening to this on February, on, no, February, Harlow, November 14th. <laughs> we recorded yep. this less than 24 hours ago. And at the time, I was sharing with Brandy that two days ago, on Monday of this week, it was 78 degrees here in Houston. It was 29 degrees Woo. this morning. Um, I moved down out of Rochester, New York, back in 1997 to get away from the cold. So right. I don't want to wear sweatshirts and sweaters, okay? <laughs> Okay, I want to wear shorts and t-shirts. That's right. why I moved on to Houston. So, so excited to have you on the show today. I can listeners, you. you can as you can tell, uh Brandy's a very boring, low-key person. <laughs> She's got no energy whatsoever. None. So, we're we're going <laughs> to try to make this uh <laughs> we're going to try to make it through the episode anyways. Now, yeah. you Now, this is the first time I've ever heard this in my entire life that you struggled mm -hmm. with doubt for a large part of your life. Now, I don't know anybody in the entire world that's ever struggled to dart it with doubt, <laughs> as he says facetiously. So let's talk about doubt. You know, what kind of doubt did yeah. you deal with? I dealt a lot of, is this good enough? Am I good enough? And a lot of having, you know, our school system, them really lays it out like if you if you jump all the hoops and you cross all your t's you know and i's and you build up the points well then you're a good person more or less in our school system and so and i also had parents for whom i could never be good enough and so i think that all of that contributed to always having to prove and give you know seek validation and these things that just weren't healthy for taking leaps in life, like starting a business or doing other, you know, other areas in life where there is no, there's no promise or guarantee. You got to figure it out as you go. And I've just learned that doubt has its place, but you got to just go for it and trust yourself to figure it out as you go. Yeah. I have seen so many people's dreams get derailed, if not mm. outright destroyed because of doubt. People yeah. will say, well, I can't. Who am I? I could never. And yeah. it's like, says who? I mean, you, right. you've got to stop listening to naysayers. I, at this point, I'm listening to a book by Marie Forleo. It's called Everything uh, is Figure Outable. Yeah. Highly recommend. First of all, Get the audiobook because she reads the audiobook. So much passion with mm -hmm. her. And everything truly is figure outable. If it you want to make 
a million dollars a month, which is my next goal is to make a million dollars a month. Somebody's yep. already done it. If I want to make $10 million a month, someone's already right. done it. If I want to make a billion dollars right. a month, someone's already done it. So it's not like you're going to be the first person to do it. So right. I encourage people, if you're hanging around with anyone who's saying, oh, you could never do it, distance yourself from them because right. they are not helping you. You want to hang around people who are going to edify you and build you up. Absolutely. And the potential really is there and you will figure it out as you go, as long as you keep going. Yes. You have to keep going. That's the thing. Right. You you will fail. And yep. the problem is when people fail, mm-hmm. what happens is they give up yep. or they learn a lesson from it. And the most successful high performers I followed on social media in our world, mm-hmm. they learn from every failure because everyone fails. I got news for you. Right. Everyone fails. The question is, what are you going to do at that crossroads? Are you going to go, oh, I give up. It's not for me. Or are you yeah. going to say, okay, what can I learn from this failure? Exactly. And then try something else and mend and tweak that. And then when something does work, keep that one going for as long as it does work. And then you're going to have to mend and tweak it as well. It's always going to be a process. Now, you have a bachelor's degree in accounting. God bless yeah. you. I took one course in accounting <laughs> and realized it wasn't for me. You know, the only reason why I passed that course, it was business accounting way yeah. back in, oh my Lord, 1999. We were allowed uh-huh. to bring an index card cheat sheet. I don't think yeah. I wrote anything in my life that small. I wrote so microscopic. <laughs> I didn't put the whole textbook on the card, but Good. I really quickly found out that accounting was not my calling. I the People like you... <laughs> Who can, who can do the numbers thing? I mean, I know people that can look at a spreadsheet and go, oh, this number's off. I'm like, wait, what? How did you do that? <laughs> but these same people could never do a podcast. These same people mm, couldn't speak mm-hmm. in front of an audience. So we all yeah. have our gifts. So we do. what got you into accounting? And then you went to get a master's of education and guidance counseling. Yeah. How, what got That's you right. into that? Accounting was a really safe route. There was a very clear path and it was laid out. And that was the time of the big eight for the accounting firms. And it was a clear path to being financially independent. And and that's really what I wanted. It was safe and I could predict how it would all roll out and go. And then I got into corporate accounting at a large well-known corporation here in the area. And I found it wasn't for me because I wanted to know how everyone was doing. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) else seemed to be that concerned about that. (laughs) And I also learned, although I didn't really formalize this at the time, that I'm really better independent than as an employee because I'll get the work done. But I quickly learned, like, if all the systems are down, we still have to stay there and then come in on Saturday. I was like, what's up with that? (laughs) (laughs) I um, realized that I needed more control over my schedule in whatever it it was I would be doing for a living. So what was the, uh, I don't want to answer this, ask this. What was the catalyst that you said, look at this corporate thing? It isn't for me because obviously Mm -hmm. you didn't like go in your job one day and say, I quit. So what what was the turning point that you said, look at, I I can't work for somebody else at this point? Yeah. So uh, my husband and I married fairly young. So we were married and uh, working full-time and doing about doing master's degrees in the evening. And um, I ended up 
experiencing some corporate backstabbing. And no, um, that goes on. <laughs> can you believe you it? Me? Can you believe it? Even here in the glorious Northwest, it happens here. Um, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I did not sign up for this. And I'm not getting paid enough for it. So because um, when you're corporate accounting, you are overhead. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's another good thing to realize. So from there, we decided let's, you know, we were 23. And so we decided let's go full time to grad school for a couple of years. And that's what we decided to do. And so we went across the country to South Carolina to Clemson and went to grad school there. And it was really, it was a good two years. And I realized at that time, I was also much more interested in guidance and counseling than I was on the MBA track. Well, quick shout out to Clemson University. Now, I went to Rochester Institute of Technology, which uh-huh. doesn't have a football team, but I love Clemson because they gave <laughs> yep. the Houston Texans our franchise quarterback in the man named Deshaun Watson. Oh, I think he very is good. the best quarterback in the NFL. Of course, I'm a little biased. Um, <laughs> you know, yep. Now, you love to help people. I be do. their best versions of themselves. So yeah. I'm I'm a big fan on the show to give Aww, simple, you. simple strategies on how we as the listener can become mm-hmm. better. So what are some simple strategies that people are listening to this conversation who maybe aren't living their best lives? Maybe they're just, oh, I got to go to a job. I hate this job. Something simple that they can do today that they can start being the best version of themselves. That's a great question. Something simple you can do today. Are you referring to social media? Anything that that people can use to implement today that won't take them much time that they can start feeling better about themselves. It can be any area. Absolutely. Well, be really particular about what you listen to, what you put in your ears on your way to and from work or on your commute. Are you listening to podcasts and audio that lifts you up and helps you learn and grow? Or are you listening to the news over and over and over again, which is good to keep informed. But most of us don't have the amount of control we would like to think we do over the news cycle. And so once we are informed, let it be, go listen to podcasts and audiobooks that will help lift your mindset and really start breaking out of the habit of, you know, swirling around negative information. About seven weeks ago, I decided to go on a news fast and I stopped Uh, watching the news. I don't consume it in social media. And if someone comes around mm -hmm. and says, hey, do you hear what's going on with Trump? Don't care. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. And I trained the people around me. And guess what I feel? I feel great because I don't Mm -hmm. know all the negativity in the world. Yes, I feel sorry for people who are, you know, the subject of violence or tsunamis or whatever. But, you know, if I watch this stuff all the time or consume this stuff all the time, Mm -hmm. it was making me angry and frustrated and overwhelmed. And so I just went on a news fast and I tell people, go on a news fast. You don't need to know what's going on in Washington. I mean, just yesterday, someone told me that they're doing impeachment hearings for Trump. I had no clue. I mean, because I don't watch the news. I don't care. I mean, I've got my own world to take care of. I got my wife. I got my zoo at the house. And I think so many people get wrapped up in what's going on in the world. And I'm like, how are you feeling right now? And they're like, well, actually, I feel like crap. Well, well, stop watching the news. So I agree 100%. Or there's these people who listen to this very explicit, vulgar, uh, loud grunge music. I'm like, Mm. 
Does that really make you feel good? Now, I will tell you, <laughs> when I go on my run, I've got a playlist on Apple Music. It's my Christian hip-hop playlist. It's very yeah. high-energy music because I don't want to listen to, like, Beethoven when I'm out running. Okay, I don't. No. I got to listen to thumping music, but I listen yeah. to music with a better message than, you know, kill people and murder people. Right. That, to me, that does, well, kill means murder. But I, I, I don't want to be around angry people, and if I see you're if i see a group of people is angry i will like excuse myself in the situation i don't want to be around someone like that i want to be around people who are positive yes same same here and you can be very intentional about that you are not obligated to feel bad if other if you step into a conversation where everyone's trying to make everyone you know feel more stressed you can step out of that and hang out with someone else yes and what it's going to take is you getting over that feeling of awkwardness and go, yes. you know what? Like for me, like I intentionally don't swear. Now it's nothing to right. do with my Christian faith. I don't swear because everyone in the world swears in podcasts and social media mm-hmm. and in public. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to be just the opposite. So I don't swear. So Good. if I'm around a grunt, a bunch of people and they're dropping F bombs and GD bombs, yeah. I will just walk away. And they're right. like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't want to be part of this conversation anymore. Right. And once they find out why, they're like, well, they always, the trick they always pull out or the saying they always pull out, it's just a word. And I hate when they say that. It's just a word. It may just be just a word, but it offends me. Okay. Mm-hmm. It offends me. And so I do my very best, Brandy, never yeah. to offend someone. I'm really sensitive. So if you're a vegan, I won't sit there and go, oh, I had the greatest burger last night because that may offend <laughs> right. you. I'm really right. sensitive to people. I do not want to offend you. So if you don't believe what I believe, that's fine. But I'm not going to mm-hmm. attack your belief system because I want to, you know, I, I don't like Gary Vaynerchuk's potty mouth, but I love his mm-hmm. idea where he wants to meet everyone. I want to meet everyone on this planet. Even if you are opposed to what I believe in. I, we're all human beings and I right, want to meet everybody. Are. And you can't be wanting to meet everyone if you don't like people because of their values. Right. Right. And you, if you can't get past that, you know, let's, the vegan is also a vast amount of other things that are interesting as well. Yes. And that's, let's focus on other areas we do have in common or get to know or understand why that's important to him or her to have the lifestyle that they have and just inquire, get to know and allow them to show you other aspects of themselves before just cutting them off or being something that is different than you. Now you homeschooled your children. And what's interesting is when I first heard the concept of homeschooling many years Mm -hmm. ago, I'm 54, many years ago, I'm like homeschool, but now (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong. The data or data, depending how you say it is showing that, that people are homeschooled are more put together. They're more able to deal with society. A lot of people thought, well, they don't have the interaction. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your mom's your principal. And, you know, so talk to us a little bit about how your kids turned out from homeschooling as opposed to when they were in uh, regular education. Right. So I, for me, the perks of homeschooling were being able, like I had my, my oldest had, ADHD and sensory seeking. And we knew that by four. So what kind of messaging do you think he would have gotten if I put him in public school? Mm. He would have been the kid who did not learn by sitting still. And so if he got all that messaging for seven, eight years, what would adolescence have looked like? Right? You, I think what happens with kids 
who don't fit in to the public school system is they get they internalize these messages that they're receiving and it all comes out later on. So for us, we really wanted to focus on making sure they could learn in a way that was best for them. And also we're running around getting services for him, whether it was social um, classes, uh, understanding his body, understanding the way he learns differently instead of being punished for it or instead of being ostracized for it. We taught him how to work with it. And same with our youngest who had dyslexia. And we've actually given him an extra year before high school. So he'll be a year younger than his peer or a year older than his peers. But that way we were able to flex with him and make sure that Yes, his math and art skills are beyond his grade, but his reading needed time to catch up. And he is, it doesn't make him dumb it, or slow. It just makes him need more time. He was just not yet there. He needed more time to catch up with reading. And he's there now. And, you know, we've, we've given him that extra time. And so for us, and then the social aspect, of a lot of people's assumption is that, you know, they're closeted at home all the time. For me, I would have gone bonkers. So we were out at the science center here in town. We were out at history places. We had groups that we met with. And what the kids got in that is if the kids had conflict, there was an adult around to help them through it. If the kids, um, you know, were kind of pushing boundaries or getting into things that they shouldn't be, there's an adult who would see it and help them learn from it. And so what we are able to give them is just a lot more focus and structure when it comes to their, I should say, the way they were able to learn that was best for them. And then also really intentional social situations where they were getting help figuring conflict out, not just with someone in their own age group, but all ages, because most homeschool activities are from babies through middle schoolers are all interacting. And I really appreciated being able to do that for those years with them. So did your kids ever write a note uh, for, from their mom? to? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's funny. Now, I just want to say here real quickly, because this is one of the things I'm really passionate about. One of the things that really annoys me, I should say, is mm-hmm. people who self-diagnose ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, oh. et cetera. And <laughs> yeah. I, so I always ask people now, I'm like, okay, have you been clinically diagnosed? Well, no, right. I just know. No, you need to go to a doctor and you need yeah. to be diagnosed. And I see this a lot of people, they go, oh, I can't focus. I have ADD. You know, that's an insult uh-huh. to people who really have it. So right. go to the doctor. Get yeah. tested. And then when the doctor says, yes, you have ADD or yes, you have right. ADHD, you cannot go to Mr. Google and find out if you have these things. You need to be diagnosed. So that <laughs> thing really annoys me when people do that. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you there. Yeah. Especially if you've raised a child with it, then you know. like, yeah. Well, like when I was growing up, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't have ADD, ADHD right. back in the 60s and 70s. But, you know, there's a different. This is why you have to be officially diagnosed by a medical professional because boys are naturally hyperactive. I mean, I drove my parents crazy. Now, Mm -hmm. did I have ADHD? I don't know. I did pretty well in school. But Mm -hmm. my point is you have to go get clinically diagnosed. You just can't say, oh, my child can't sit still. He's ADHD. No, that's not how it works. Yes, Mr. Google knows a lot, but he doesn't know everything. You have to go to an actual doctor. 
Right. Yes. And it's good to, to do that and to get to know yes or no. And then you know what you're actually dealing with. If it's just normal childhood behavior or is there something extra going on? Yes. And I think people need to reach out and, you know, don't assume because we all right. know what assuming means. So let's get back to bringing out the best in others. You seem like yeah. a very energetic, very happy person. Sounds like you like to edify <laughs> people a lot. So yeah. when you, when you work with clients or you work with people, you meet, you know, strangers mm-hmm. on the street or whatever, and, and you see them not, they're not being their best selves. What are some of the things you say, other than what you already talked about in the podcast, what are some of the things you, you encourage people to do? I, when I'm talking with somebody, I'm always asking questions about them. What are they doing and what are they interested in and what's going on with them and trying to assess you know, how they're doing and just listen. Really, for a, a lot of helping people out, that's often a huge thing to just listen without judgment or be happy for them, you know, whatever it is they have going on or compliment them for their efforts. And for me, that feels really good to possibly help somebody move through the the rest of their day, treating other people a little bit better once they were treated a little bit better. I think that we all have that possibility within us. I love how you said the word, listen, so many people, when someone's talking, they're formulating their reply and they're not listening. So I make it a good point, whether it's a guest on the podcast or I'm talking to someone out in public, I'm always listening to them. And I, I've run into a very few people who, and tell me if you ever run into someone like this, that when you're talking to them, you're the only person in the world right now. They are so focused on you. Most people are looking over your shoulder. Oh, I got to yeah. talk to Jimmy or Susie. And I had the pleasure of meeting one of those people. I heard President uh, Bill Clinton was like that when you were talking to him. It was just you and him in the world. And that's a very rare gift because to be focused on what someone is saying and actually really listening to what they say, Mm -hmm. that is very difficult, but it's a very valuable trait to have. It is. Yeah. And I think it, I know, I know that feeling, it almost catches you off guard. Like, oh, this person's really listening. You're, you know, there's that moment of, oh, okay. And (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, it is. It's a skill and it it has to be done intentionally. Yes. I think you're right. And Mm -hmm. and it takes practice. Now I'm trying to get better at this, but you know, I'm like, oh, I want to see this person. I got to talk to this person. But Mm -hmm. you know what? You're not going to talk to him for six hours. Okay. You you can engage in three (laughs) or four minutes, give him your attention because when you're really listening, when you're really paying attention, you can pick up an awful lot from this person. Yes. Then if you just like, just ignore them. Right. Absolutely. That's really true. And, uh, you know, you ha- have the right after so many minutes to say, it was great catching up with you. I really want to go and connect with so-and-so over here on the other part of the room. And most people are like, oh, yeah, cool. You yes. know, they understand. Yeah. People like to be heard. They like mm-hmm. to be acknowledged. And yep. when you're speaking to someone, anyone, give them your time, give them your attention. Like like we said, right. it's not going to be that long. So one final right. tip you have for us to how we can bring out the best in others. We talked about really listening. We talked about mm-hmm. asking questions. We talked about encouragement. Anything else you want to share with us about how we can help others uh, become the best versions of themselves? Yeah, um, I just look them in the eye. A lot of times when uh, we're talking and if we're not listening or our minds are wandering and we're really 
doing our best to be a good listener, you know, it does help to look people in the eye and really show them with eye contact that you are concerned and interested. I think we can make a big difference when we're conscious about how it is that we're looking at somebody and what it is that we're conveying through our through our eyes. A lot comes through through our eyes. And I think being a little bit more aware of that could go a long way. Now, note to the listener, if you ever meet me in public, um, I have, I'm blind in my left eye. So my left mm. eye is like a stubborn teenager and it kind of like <laughs> wanders off and does its own yeah. thing. So you want to look in my right eye. That's the secret to me. I see people when they meet me, they're looking both eyes and look out. Uh, stop. It's my right eye. So I, I address the elephant in the room. I can't see out of the Good. eye and just ignore the stubborn teenager. It does what it wants to do. So, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I so, love it. So have you read any decent books that you would uh, recommend to our audience lately? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a few months ago, or over the summer, when I was going through kind of a, a very slow time in the business, I read, have you read The Dip? Yes, many yes. years ago. Yeah, by Seth Godin. And it really pulled me out of that time. And it's a short read. I also did the audio version. I love audio. And it really helped me understand the difference between hitting something that's challenging and slow versus something that really isn't working. Something could be working, but it might not be as productive as you wish it were in the moment. And you do have the potential and it does have the potential to keep going and growing. So understanding that difference was so helpful to me at that time. And I'm glad that I, you know, was able to have that support from the book. And I really recommend that to anybody who's feeling like they need to quit something or they're, it's not, something's not working or they can't keep going, at least give the book a shot. It's short. It's like two hours audio. Give it a try. The dip is a really good way to look at those moments in life. What speed do you listen to your audiobooks on? I just normal. I don't okay. speed them up. <laughs> I do. I yeah. do one and a half speed. And what's nice. funny is there's some books I can actually do two X speed because they uh-huh. the, the regular announcer is so slow and sure. two X speed sounds normal. But the problem yeah. is, is that when you listen to audiobooks at a faster speed, which is really awesome, you can listen to them faster. Then you uh-huh. go back to the real world. And why are you talking so slow? <laughs> <laughs> can I speed you up? <laughs> right. I can imagine. Where's the speed? Where's the speed selection right. on you? <laughs> I mean, this is one podcast with me. You will never listen to the Mark Stuchowski podcast, usually on anything other than 1X, because I talk fast anyways. True. And so 1.5 <laughs> is actually 2.5. So sound like a go. chipmunk. But anyways, so <laughs> before we let you go, where can we find out more about you? Yes. Yeah, so I also have a podcast. It's called Engaging on Social Media with Brandy Henry. And I'd love for your listeners to give it a try. And I love their feedback. It's uh, fun. I put it out once a week. And I really do try to help people engage better and look at social media a little differently. And I always end the podcast with some free tips that they can implement and some sort of booster that helps them move on with their day feeling hopefully a bit better. Now, do you now be honest with me, Brandy? It's just you and me mm-hmm. here. Do you think the social media thing's a fad, or you think they're going to be around for a while? 
It's sticking around. <laughs> I am utterly amazed. You know, once you learn, okay, I've learned this strategy. Then someone mm-hmm. comes up with a new strategy and another new strategy. I'm like, ugh. You know, now everyone yeah. says you got to have uh, closed captioning on your or title subtitles, mm. which is a pain. Now, fortunately, there's apps now that do this. I, I use mm-hmm. uh, the iPhone Clips app from Apple. Nice. But you got to speak enunciate because yes. I tend to slur my words when I'm, you know, talking fast. And mm. but so I started doing this thing about 10 days ago called the 30 second video, 30 second video productivity tip. I do it every day. And cause Aww. I could do 30, I could do 30 seconds of transcription yeah. and I put it up on LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter Perfect. and Facebook and stuff like that. And what's interesting is people seem to like the shorter videos more than they like the yep. nine or 10 minute videos. You mm-hmm. found that out true? It is. Yeah. People, you know, they're on social media to, to connect with a lot of different people and a lot of different content. They're not going and clicking on you specifically to sit down, settle in on the couch and <laughs> get comfortable, right? right? They're consuming a lot. And so, yes, those shorter videos are really effective. And if they know that you're always going to be about that long, they're much more likely to always stay through the whole thing. I, I agree. And I, I think if yeah. your name is Grant Cardone or Gary Vaynerchuk or Brendan right. Burchard, yes, you can do three-hour videos. People will watch yes. them. But for the rest of us mere mortals, keep it short. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. It is. That is a good point. <laughs> well, Brandy, this has been so much fun having you in a podcast. Good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. I really enjoy talking with you. Uh, keep doing your podcast. I've been enjoying it. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Remember, Mr. is all spelled out. Register for the free seven-day productivity challenge. Give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will teach you how to be a more productive version of yourself. While you're there, you can also either send me a message or follow me on social media. My links are at the bottom of the page there, and tell me what you thought of the episode or Ask me any questions about productivity. You can also find out about my productivity coaching and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. I really appreciate your time and attention for listening to this episode. Hey, tell a friend, tell a stranger, tell a coworker about this episode if it brought value to you. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast. The more of you that subscribe, the more people find out and the more people I can help. So I really appreciate that. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.